Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Again, fellow basement dwellers, this is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds, of course, is brought to you by the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com, where they remind you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And I am joined this week by the full bandwagon. That's right. We got them all. We've got the lawyer himself, David Ongar. We've got Mr. Saturday Night, PC Tunney. And we've got the Reverend Ray Cash. There you go. Welcome back. Gentlemen, I wish I could say we, we have a fun show with a lot of happy, exciting headlines to talk about this week. But that would be a, a lie. So not going to sugarcoat it, noble listener. This week, just a lot of bad news in the nerdosphere. It's a world of shit, and we're going to go slogging through it. We got, of course, the big news of the day, the Jonathan Major story that is continuously developing, even as we record here on Sunday. I'm sure by the time this hits tomorrow, there will be even more. We are going to talk about how Marvel and Disney suck. We are going to talk about how Dwayne Johnson sucks. We are going to, we're, we're, we're getting in the muck, guys. So, you know what, Tony? Give me a happy thought. Just one happy thought. Like, what, what's a good thing going on this weekend? Or even this week? What do we got to look forward to? Because right now, 
shit's kind of bleak in the neurosphere. You're muted, so I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Magic. Um, DP, myself, and Satchel McFlippins are going to the Midwest Gaming Classic this coming Saturday. Ooh, that sounds exciting. So follow me at PC Tunny for pictures. No, no mania trip for PC Tunny. Dave, you're going to go to WrestleMania, though, right? I am. First, Tony, what is the Midwest Gaming Classic? What is that? That sounds interesting. Um, All sorts of, like, yeah, all sorts of nostalgic stuff to, you know, gaming decks you can buy if you're looking for them to, like, everything. Actually, Brew City Wrestling is having a an event there as well, so it's, like, all-encompassing kind of nerddom. Awesome. But, yes, we were just talking about uh, WrestleMania next weekend. Ray, it's 11 miles from Crypto to SoFi, so... That in LA, that's that'll like take seven hours, take seven hours in LA. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I'll just start you gotta walking. Take, you actually got to You got to take. You got to take a flight to connect. And, and, and <laughs> Pretty much, man. Pretty much, it is all. It is just a mess down there. But we'll see. And that's then, what, and that's then what she said. that is what she said. Then we're going from like SoFi down to Disneyland to uh, stay over in Anaheim for the night, then coming back for day two. But yeah. We'll go. Oh, y'all are savages. Good God. Well, y'all are leaving the house at three o'clock in the morning. They it's get 30 miles. It's no, for us, it's like no big deal. And then, and then it'll give Kayleen a chance, my wife, to go down to downtown Disney and unwind a little bit. And her, that's her favorite place to be. So, yeah. Yeah. Next weekend will be a busy time. I will not be here Sunday. So, you guys are on your own. It may be time to break out some robotic vagina, Ray. No, no. <laughs> no. I'm still on the show. Why, why are you doing that? What you, what Ray, you... Ray froze. Hold on, Ray, 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 just a second. Yeah, I'm here. No. Damn, no. No. I get booed for freaking? No, 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 no. no, Dave got booed for that stupid robotic, robotic vagina shit. See, I can't even say Easy it. Easy for you to say. All discombobulated. Happy thought, Ray. Give us a happy thought before we dig, dig down in the muck later on in this program. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'll be the guy to say the, the open stuff out loud, Final Four. In a couple of days, we've had a really oh, good yeah. tournament. UConn's um, tournament to lose at this point, in my opinion. Seems like it. Seems like it. Um, you had Florida Atlantic I'm, winning it all, right, Ray? Yeah, of course, because you know <laughs> my team. Um, but just a real fun story about WrestleMania, real fast. I went to WrestleMania 32 in Dallas, and cool. parking was so expensive that they were having. Uber, How expensive uh, was it? Well done. They, uh, <laughs> well done. Thank you, Gene Rayburn. Um, they had uh, Uber helicopters that were picking people up and dropping them off on top of the stadium. That was cheaper. So, like, Did, people were really considering taking the helicopter. You remember how much of a pain in the ass it was to get in the stadium that day? Oh, my God. Yes, <laughs> I do. Yeah. AT&T Stadium and the horrible. Wi-Fi went out. Horrible. The Wi-Fi went out. Yeah. Horrible, horrible, horrible. That is a perfect way... To describe great, great stadium, but the rest of it. Yeah, I, I'm going to go see the Dungeons and Dragons movie this weekend. Good call. That's, that's, probably, that's a like, good that's call. On, call. That's on. Yeah. That's on my my playlist with the the Mario. Mario this weekend. I thought it was next weekend. It's out this weekend. It's weekend. out yeah. this weekend. Dungeons and Dragons oh, is already out. No, March 30th. Oh, Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers is the fifth. D and D comes out March 31st. I got my tickets yeah, so, for the Ether. Thank you. Okay, so I was right, and you are all wrong. Friday is when Dungeons & Dragons yes. is out. Yeah, the 31st. Not, not all, you said it was already out. 
So if there's, wrong, sneak, there's sneak then, previews that you could have gotten tickets to or known about that already happened. Well, good. You want a medal? Did you go to a sneak preview? Did you see it? It's kind of like a family. Shut the fuck up. Well. Nobody cares. A little bit of family. Um, John Wick's getting. If you good didn't reviews. go see it. He can't give us a review. Then we don't care. I will talk about it next week, probably with a little of doubt, since we know Tony or not Tony. Dave won't be here. All right. So we also have some other fun. We do have some fun stuff to talk about. Uh, we are going to go back to Ray Cash's childhood a little bit in the trailer park. I only say that because he shared the damn trailer. We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk a couple of other random ass movies that just again trailers trailers are lacking right now until we really get into movie season. Uh, but before we get to any of that, episode twenty of The Mandalorian dropped this week, which means Dave, we need to play in a little bit of that music, get ourselves in the mood, hit it, Betty. All right. Betty. I've never been called Betty before. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hey. I'm, dude, between my hockey talk talking issues, I'm having problems. <laughs> Guys, it's because it's the kitchen's done. All right, that's what it is. The long national nightmare oh, is over. Son of a bitch. His marriage is, is saved. Done. It's all good, Tony. And now my you mind got, is like what you got, survivor's, like, survivor's guilt or what? The stress, the stress, I, I've already got oh, I made it through the great renovation. I did. I, I did. I made it. Um, I cannot find my cereal anymore. Uh, I have no idea where it is or where the uh, where the silverware goes. Even though there is a new silverware door drawer door. See, I am I'm a mess today, fellas. And let's get into the Mandalorian. Which is it safe to say this show's kind of treading water? Like this no. episode? No, you don't think it's fair? Because I read somewhere a comment that I kind of agree with that there does seem to be a lack of a sense of urgency right now with the show that it's just, it's kind of middling a little bit. Um, I really enjoyed this episode, but it's just like, you guys need to well, push this thing forward now. That I, and that's, I guess that's my point is I don't think the episode was bad in the sense like there was, there was good action. There was a story like, again, Bo-Katan seems to be as much a focus. Grogu being accepted into the clan was a big part of this. And, you know, Din was such a background character in this episode, which was fine. Like, which was fine. But we've got, we, we're on three episodes of setup in, uh, what is it? Is it a six part series or an eight part it's series? Eight. I, I keep forgetting. I'll look it up. So if it's eight, I get, I mean, we still have time. Um, but this was the first time where kind of when it was all done, I was like, okay, where are we actually going with this season? Because I don't know that I necessarily felt it as much. Love Bo-Katan getting 
sort of just welcomed and a part of. And I just I wonder if there's going to be some sort of quote unquote turn as she kind of gains acceptance within this group. Like, does it go south? It's it's eight episodes. Yeah, so we're so at, we're, at the, we're at the halfway point. I I mean, ne- to me, next week we're at the halfway point. Not right? to step over. Yeah, right. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Not to step over Ray or Tunny, but to me, the biggest thing about this episode is she tries to confide in the armorer that the mythosaur is real, and it's just summarily dismissed. Oh, you just start seeing the, it's just a vision. That's I think you know they're going to be the biggest point of this thing is she she doesn't tell Din about it. But she confides in the armorer right. about it, who blows her off as like everybody sees things, you know, sees visions, and so she doesn't did believe she that this her is. Off, she did. She did. She did. She, she doesn't dead. think it's she real. Did. I don't know. I don't she know. completely did. She she was like, believe what you I want, because the way. That's not right. what she said or how she said it, though. I, I don't like, think she believed guys, her, Tony. I really don't. I think you guys are interpreting it one way or another. I, okay. I think. <laughs> I think we interpreted it right, Ray. I, I yeah. just I thought she really just felt like, you know, she's telling her something that she saw or she thought she saw, but Bo's trying to get across her. No, I really saw this thing. And the armor just kind of shines her on and says, of course you did. Of course in your you mind. Did. Right. <laughs> right. Like, no, well, I didn't my foot in my face. So Bo-Katan is, is the person of destiny in this season. Like, and, and that's the other thing, and that's a big part of any of these sorts of tales. Like, this is trope. This is trope where somebody is chosen and nobody believes it. Like, there's, because it's one of two different ways you could go. They're either a person who is foretold, which is clearly not what's going on here, or they're the person that's chosen that no one sees yet, or no one knows or recognizes, even though Bo Katan is trying to say, hey, this, I, I saw, I, had, I saw this. And, it's really rattled her to her core to the point where, you know, when she replaces the the shoulder guard, she puts the the symbol of the mythosaur on her shoulder guard, and so now she has one uh, of the clan of her clan and then one of her um, of the mythosaur. So that's you know that's significant. Yes, Tony, what are you showing me? He's trying to oh, convince himself. He's trying to convince he's trying, himself. He's trying to prove that he wants to be right. So. And if there is one incessant need that PC Tony has, it's that he likes to he likes to be right. Like has that in common with another person on the show? Well, I always am right because it's true. But like Tony def- desperately wants to be right. Everyone else, well, wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> Just the way it is. Do you want to talk now? Is it okay? It's it's always fine. Sometimes sixty <laughs> percent of it's fine. Sixty percent of the time it's fine. None of the time. If you choose to walk the way of the Mandalore, you will see many things. That is the exact wording. That doesn't mean she does or does not believe her. In my oh, opinion, bro, but come on, that's that's you know whatever. Oh. I want to I want to actually go back to what you talked about about how it seems like it's kind of hanging around and we're waiting for the plot to move forward. I like the backstory. Kelleran Beck was that the uh, Jedi that we saw? We've never seen him before. Yeah. Um, well, you know who that was, right? Yeah, my there's, best. There's your feel good story of the week. Amongst all the shit we're going to talk about, there's your feel good story of the week. That was amazing to see. Yeah. And then you know it does feel more like a sitcom though. Like I think we've been 
trained and conditioned to think that everything we see in a streaming series has to lead to something else with what happens with Marvel and things of that nature. But I think this series can just have its little side stories, right? This kind of harkened me back to the first season where it was more of like a Western and they'd go off and do something and that would be the story that day. But we actually got two really important things, right? Bo-Katan gets the, the Mythosaur thing, so that's going to move forward. And Grogu gets his plate and is actually accepted as a Mandalorian and and, and takes the kid to school, right? Uh, Din f- figured it out. He was scared to use his powers because he didn't want to let everybody know. And he said, no, you're a comfortable place here. Go whoop some ass. And he did. So that was really fun to see the backstory and then, you know, him starting to become really well, good training. And we also got, you know, a little bit more into Grogu's past. And we know that he was old enough to have survived Order 66 because he was in the Jedi Temple when the clones attacked it. So I was going to ask now you guys, we've got, um, like it ties into what you're talking about, Pat. Do you guys think that Grogu may have a little PTSD from that event? He definitely does. That's what that was. That was straight up like the hammer blows bringing it all back on him. Uh, and he doesn't, he still doesn't communicate very, very well with anyone yet. And so he, he really has no outlet for it other than taking to den as his father uh who as you mentioned like says go go get it go nuts and then puts that kid down in no time yeah and he great and, moment for grogu by the way it is and grogu's so it's that 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 issue we're talking about that he seems to like i th- i feel like kind of like he's scared to be a jedi or to demonstrate his jedi proficiency because of what he experienced with all wiping, seeing Jedi get wiped out all around him at order 66. So maybe he kind of feels like maybe that's why he went back to Din is like, I don't want to be a Jedi because I know what happens to them in the end. So I, I don't know. So yeah, it's, it was, it was just nice to win a Ray. You haven't really talked too much. You want to jump in? Well, I do. Um, I'm glad Tony brought up Grogu, but I want to touch real fast on the idea about, um, the, move, the show kind of not moving as fast as maybe or be as paced as people want it to be. I don't understand. I really truly don't understand this growing rhetoric among all of us as not us four, but people in general as viewers over the past few years of having a problem with shows having backstory. It seems like it's grown exponentially over the past couple of years where like if a show I just had a friend of mine I talked with uh, yesterday or the day before, and he was like, man, I hated the last episode of The Last of Us. Well, why? Well, I was spending something bigger than that. When you, when you weren't watching the show then. Like, I don't understand. Like, I have no qualms with people having not liking something. That's your complete right, right? But I don't understand this almost disdain, if not hatred, for episodes that may not be big in exposition or big in you know fighting or 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 gratuitous violence but it's majorly heavy in backstory explaining things you might need to know later on and the mandalorian has shown if you look at season one you're gonna have a lot of that and then you're gonna have your episodes that 35 minutes just shoot them up blow them up and then you have three episodes of well this is why this is gonna matter when you get to this episode six episodes later and so, like, knowing who Gro- where Grogu came from and, you know, that he survived Order 66 was huge. 
knowing that Bo-Katan, who was who is quite literally royalty, who refused to be around other Mandalorians except for Sasha Banks and the Hispanic dude, is accepted again now, and not only is accepted, but is naturally taking control when she went to go save the kid. I'm only one that could do I, I got it, don't worry about it. You know, like I think these are important things that probably will matter later on in the season. And I just think we're in such a, a, a fervor to get to the cool shit that we miss why the sh- cool shit is so cool. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, I don't know. I felt like <sighs> to quote PC Tunney, I felt like that episode could have been shorter and still told the story. And it like I'm not saying that it was a bad episode. I, I tried to be very clear about that. I didn't think it was bad. And I didn't I'm say you wouldn't, wouldn't refer no, 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 no. to me, by the way. Yeah. Um, I have well, seen this short too. Where, as like, it was. It was damn near an hour, dude. This last episode? Was it? No, or was it forty was some minutes or something like that? The episode oh, yeah. or that third was episode? That long. Are you yeah, talking about nineteen? Anyway, regardless, I felt I, I there's there's background there's there's development and then there was like i said i felt like it was spinning its wheels a little bit and that was just me um i'm not one of those people that would go out and write an article like i've seen where people are like the mandalorian needs to figure its shit out or all that because i do know it's going somewhere and if you've followed anything you know that like you said ray like it's not without purpose uh i just found this one interesting because it felt like I don't know. It just, it felt, to me, it was a little slow. Um, uh, it did not mean it was terrible. Just to put a bow on everything, while Bo-Katan got a lot of the bigger parts, I thought this was Grogu's episode, personally, because we've never known anything about Grogu before. Well, you know, we've never right. known anything about him. And I know this is going to sound stupid, and I acknowledge that it's stupid. And it's me, so 9 times out of 10, it's probably going to be stupid. But stupidly, it never crossed my mind that when Grogu decided to pick Din over um, Luke and being with Din over being a Jedi, that Din was going to make him or allow him or he would choose, Grogu would choose to be a Mandalorian. I feel stupid for not even thinking about that. And then when you see it all happen, you're like, well, that makes sense. And I think it's sweet how all of them, once they finally accepted Din when he bathed in the lake the waters of Lake Minnetonka when they finally accepted him back. <laughs> what Titicaca? Titicaca. They rock right. with they rock with uh, uh they rock with every like they rock with the whole family record labeling crew now. And so I think it's cute that everybody's like, oh yeah, Grogu one of us now, even though little homie's like six like one foot five. Oh yeah, you're one of us. You know, you got your first little thing when you're gonna grow into your helmet. He's too young to have a helmet. But he ain't too young to fight the dude. Like well, it's not that he's too young to have a helmet. It's that he cannot speak the creed. That's right. Since you're right. I'm he cannot sorry. speak right. the creed. He cannot wear a helmet. You're right. They exp- like, this isn't Nam. There are rules. He kicked Joe right. Lewis's ass. Um, right. Anyway. Mark at zero. <laughs> Mark at zero. Um, no. So, yeah, this is another It's another exposition-laden exposition episode. It is, a, it is a groundwork-laden episode. It is another one where the title is a little deceptive in that the foundling that is really being referred to are the three foundlings they end up with at the end. And guys, 
I'm just going to say this now so that when it happens in the show and I complain about it then, you know that I'm mad about it. Because Mandalorians are going to ride fucking lizard birds and I'm going to hate it. I'm just going to hate it. So I'm just put it out there. I You can you can say why. No, no, no. I'm telling you now, I'm not going to like it. For the record, the episode was 26 minutes long. This, this right, latest I, I, one. This, this latest one. I want to yeah. say right now, I, I'm going to absolutely love it. Sure you will. And that's why we are different people. I'll say I, I did like the one moment when the uh, when they get the better of this dragon, lizard, dragon, bird, whatever, the the adult one, and it's falling into the into the lake and the big thing comes up and eats it. And I, I looked at my wife and I said the line from uh, from Phantom Menace. Tony, will appreciate this. There's always a bigger fish. Except it was a reptile. It? it was kind of That's a foreshadow it. into yeah. a preview we're going to talk about in the trailer yeah, park. When, when the myth. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Death tack. Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah. Hold up on that one. Um, okay. So I guess not much more to, to put on a bow on this 26 to 30 minute episode of the Mandalorian that I felt was like 46 minutes, which tells you how time traveled for me while watching that show. <laughs> I I really enjoyed it again. I hope we're going back, right. leading to all these these the the crew going back to Mandalore and exploring there. I mean, it's got to be where they're heading is reclaiming right. their, their land. Like, and it's got to be it. I I wasn't here for the episode. Uh, they went to the former people who were first order guys. What do you right, think right, they're right, going right. to go with that? Because we're going to have to meet back up at some point with both stories. They gave well, that a whole 30, 40 Moff, minutes. Moff, well, yeah, because Moff Gideon is getting broken out of prison by what's or nuts. That's yeah. that's really what we're seeing there. And that cloning is still a big thing going on, whether it be by the way, sorry, I am gonna I'm gonna tangent this a little bit because watching the Bad Batch, I've been watching the Bad Batches, those episodes, and they've been cranking out new episodes, and they are doing a lot of retconning work with cloning as well uh and, and really looking at the empire wanting to like corner the technology and so that's why they destroy the cloning people in camino capture all the scientists that were you know, like imprison all the scientists that are involved and they are really working their way back to try and make the fucking sequel trilogy make some goddamn sense in a retcon because that's really all they can do with the bed that they've made. Uh, still a really good show, and it actually tells a really interesting story. If you guys haven't checked it out, uh, I would say it's worth it's worth your time when you have extra time to pick up a show because it talks about what happens to these clones when the Empire no longer needed them, and you know, and sort of their their story. Like the Bad Batch, the, the main characters are, are kind of a side project to this overarching story about what the empire did with clones at the end so all right none of that is neither here nor there what we are going to do is we're going to take our first commercial break and when we come back we're going to talk some giant sharks because as dave was about to say death taxes and movies about giant sharks on um on our movie screens uh so be ready for that you're listening to bandwagon hurts on the chair shot radio network part of the chair shot.com 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. All right, welcome back, everyone, to Bandwagon Nerds. We are getting ready to head into the trailer park, but before we can do that, of course, Dave, Play that beautiful banjo. Funny stop. Thank you, everyone. No, no, no. Keeps licking his thumb like he's going to be playing some banjo. Ray's just frozen in place again. Oh, there, there he's back. Now he's back. He's back. You're back. I, I used to be like my boy T'Challa. I never freeze. And now I froze three times a day. Wow. I freeze all the time. Tony's licking his thumb because he's counting all that money. So there you go. The banjo money. There's banjo money. There's money in, in banjo music. That's right. That's big time. I'd be, I'd be retired by now. <laughs> Never heard of Big Banjo, son? <laughs> uh, no, you don't. I guess Steve Martin worked it out. Um, okay. So Dave made the joke. Dave, Dave made the joke in our chat. I made the joke before the commercial break. But Big Shark movies are back, guys, in various ways. Oh, Tommy Wisu or Wisu or whatever his name is. He's got a big shark movie going out. By the way, you want to see a trailer that'll hurt your feelings. Go check out. Uh, I think it's literally just called Big Shark. Uh, it's, yeah, it, it looks pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Uh, but what else would you expect from the guy who gave us the room? What I found really interesting is this Josh Lucas-led vehicle that we're about to talk about now, though. The Black Demon. And I think two of you Shared the trailer in the chat. I did not. not I did not give Aesop shit, even though he already commented on the one I did, and then he reposted. I'm like, 
I'm going to let it right. go, man. <laughs> well, you know, he's he's half here anyway at this point. Like, you know, whatever he's got going, too many blows to the head uh, and way too much improv. I, I got nothing. What I can tell you is that it took me a minute as I'm watching this. So the name of the movie is called The Black Demon. And Josh Lucas is, I'm not sure what, I don't even understand what his job is. Uh, welcome back, Ray Cash, to the chat, uh, to the audience. Make sure he feels at home. Hey, 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 Ray Cash is back. Okay. Look at that face. That is the that, face, that face of a villain. That is the face of a villain there. Well, I hear Marvel's got an opening. Anyway, let's get to this trailer here. Josh Lucas has something to do with, like, checking out or revitalizing this oil rig or something. I, I'm not sure what it is, but he's heading down to Mexico with his family. And of course there's like spooky, legendary, quiet Mexican town leading him and his family to quiet, spooky looking, apparently abandoned oil rig, not abandoned as being attacked by a giant fucking shark. But apparently it's like some legendary demon that, I don't know. Hilarity ensues. Maybe not hilarity. Definitely shark violence ensues. And Josh Lucas must protect his family. And at one point, he does say he has a plan. Now, what that plan is, God only knows. But, you know, he says he has a plan. Now, whether it worked, didn't work, I don't know. But, Dave, you, sh you shared this trailer out. And you said Death Tax is a giant shark movie. Are you going to check out Josh Lucas battling a giant shark? Uh, this movie is, real title is The Mexican Meg. That's what this movie should be called because that's really what it is. <laughs> no, I have no intention of checking this movie out. I just, I just saw the trailer and I watched it and I was like, yeah, death taxes movies about big ass sharks. And it's like, why are we the, the shark craze? I get it. Shark week's coming up whenever someday. And, um, I didn't see anything about this trailer that stood out to me that made me say, I got to go see this, but okay. People like big sharks. The guy Says the guy who shared the trailer. I did. I shared it, but I was just like, wow, another big ass shark movie. Why? Um, no, I didn't see anything in this that really <laughs> excited me that much. Did you guys? Excited me? I mean, look, so first and foremost. Well, Ray had a good point he was we'll, gonna make. We'll, there. we'll get we'll get that we'll get that followed up with, you know, maybe later. Um Tony. Poor Ray. Oh, I thought Ray was back. No, he's not. Okay. Um, no, no, I'm not. Oh, Ray's back. I'm, I'm done. Pray pretty much. I'm not going to watch this. I pretty, I felt like I did. <laughs> I felt like I just, watch. I felt like I just watched it though. Like, I mean, it's going to end where they all survive or at least the good people survive. And you think the shark is dead, but we're not quite sure. And it's a curse of wrath, by the way, if anyone actually pays attention when they watch these trailers, but go ahead, Ray. I think there's going to be a big ass oxygen tank and a gun somewhere in this. <laughs> well, there's an underwater death. Uh, underwater, so, is this movie's made for TV? Like, people are going to watch it. People are going to love it. It's going to be. Oh boy, I think it's talking. It's triggering it. Yeah, maybe. Go ahead. So it'll be on the Sci-Fi Channel for like years and years and years and years. That's what I, I think I'm getting out of this. 
as Ray Cash has again left the chat. We'll see if he comes back. Yeah, I don't know, man. This is this is the definition of a harmless fluff film that people will get excited about to watch. I don't know, like when they're drunk in Wisconsin at three o'clock in the morning and it's on no, TV. Not so much. I'm not saying you. I just you know arbitrarily <laughs> said Wisconsin is a state <laughs> where somebody drinks a lot and might watch a movie at three o'clock in the morning. Just Maybe me. after SNL's over, don't really feel like going to bed yet. And <laughs> there it is. There's. There is was, the Black uh, Demon on TBS at three o'clock in the morning, no, and you're drunk a, and you're just watching the Black, you know, the Black no, Demon because you're drunk no. on TBS. It's a, online TNT? poker at three in the morning. Turn Turner Classic Movies. No, online poker three in the morning when you get back home. True TV. It's on True I, TV. It's no, I already told you. <laughs> Paramount Plus. All right, let's go. Let's go to this next one, which, admittedly. Uh, now that we um, have exhausted all the possibilities of when Tony will drunkenly watch the Black Team on I won't. television, I won't. You might. You'll fall asleep in that chair, wrapped up in your little you. Star Wars. Actually, plane you know what? Honestly, you know what? I cat on your chest. But I won't. Knitting, probably knitting. Yeah. Some socks. Well, I'll be crocheting like matching Big Shark socks, right? Right. There you go. Totally. All right. Uh, I don't know who shared this trailer, but I shared it. Or I put it in here because somebody shared it. Joyride. Uh, I don't, I, God, I couldn't even tell you much about this other than it is a story about four friends, uh, a young woman who was adopted, who is going to China to find her birth parents, her birth mother, um, along with her four besties. And hilarity ensues. Uh, I think the highlight for me was the women trying to pretend they were a K-pop band so that they could get on an airplane and fly away. That looks pretty funny. Uh, I'm not the comedic genius here. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to turn it over to, to PC Tony. Why is this funny and why should I watch it? Uh, it's... it's uh... What's the move? What's the Vegas movie with with Bradley Hangover. Cooper and Hangover. It's, Hangover. yeah, it's a it's a world more worldly hangover with females. Um, it looks hilarious though. I think another funny thing was the fact that um, <laughs> that it was two Asian um, girls meeting up, become best friends, but one of the parents was white, so you weren't necessarily assuming that they had an Asian daughter. Like that was really clever. Uh, I thought the whole hugging thing when the other um, Asian girl, when they're growing up, looks at her parents and goes, yeah, white families. I don't know. You know, right. um, there was, there was a lot of really good cultural humor there. Um, and it's just, it just seems like a good time. It seems like the writing is really good for this and it's going to be something raunchy enough and adult enough that you're going to have some really good action and sequences. You're also going to get the laughs in between. I think Seth Rogen's attached to this, right? If you didn't say that. Seth Rogen. So to answer your question, to answer your question, if you were asking me like, why should I watch this Asian bridesmaids with Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg behind it. Okay. Um, but the, I think that the it's gonna it looks it looks like it's gonna be funny. But the thing, most important thing is, two of the most underutilized um, demographics in all of uh, movies now are female-led comedies and Asian-led movies in general, but especially comedies. This knocks both of those out, and it looks genuinely funny. I'm with it. Ray is in. Dave, are you in, sir? I like the cast. 
the content's probably not something that's going to really interest me that much, but it's got a great cast. And, and I think, you know, that there it's, it's, it's people who, um, who are, you know, running really hot right now. So yeah, it just, it just watching the trailer. I'm like, eh, okay, this, this looks kind of fun, but I don't know if, it, I mean, it it's not going to be fine. a three o'clock in the morning drunk in Bakersfield, California. It's on TV. I'm going to watch it scenario. Well, no, but... cause that one, that one's going to be on HBO. Like it's going to be on HBO okay. three o'clock in the morning, maybe on their, their comedy specific network. Cause there are so many HBOs. Guys, have you noticed this? Like, if you have, like, satellite television, there's, like, HBO, HBO2, HBO Family, HBO Comedy, HBO Classic, HBO, like, Signature. HBO The, the Zone. HBO, why? we're really in the zone. And HBO, we're great. sometimes why in do the we zone. Need, why do we need why, so much why, HBO? Why don't we? What's wrong with it? I don't, because now we have HBO Max that's failing. But we have all this content on their channel. Oh, golly. All right, Ray. Let's embrace your childhood. You shared this trailer first. I will say the little doubt has checked it out a couple of times, but we have seen, is it a movie? Is it a special movie on Netflix? The mighty Morphin Power Rangers are returning in a Netflix, made for Netflix movie called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always. And it appears to be a reunion of sorts of a couple of the very early casts. Yes. Of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, from the original group, uh, they, they have Zach and they have Billy, mm-hmm. uh, which is really, really interesting because the guy who played Billy, David Yost, his, his childhood while on that show was really, really hard because the rest of the cast was merciless to him, from what I understand. And he was gay, and that was a big part of it as well. Like He was, he was really picked on. So to have him coming back to this franchise is kind of exciting. It's on right. And Zach, actually, of all the people, he looks good. That's real good. For for twenty plus years since that, that show was on. Uh I don't know the names of the two other older Rangers that show up. I remember the blonde woman was one of the second Cat. generation ones. Cat, Cat Catherine and, and the guy is it Rocky? Rocky. Rocky, yes, yeah, So I I vaguely remember them. My little brother was was huge into the Power Rangers when they first came about. Uh and this looks like a throwback to the OG days where they're fighting Rita Repulsa. Sounds like they got the same woman who did her voice years and years and years ago back to do the voice uh, again. And it was the Power Rangers. They were fighting. And it looks like there's going to be reunions from some of the various different seasons and iterations of the show. And I have to put it on the little O'Dowd's Netflix list because he was like, okay, I'll check it out. So, Ray, I know you're going to watch it. You going to watch it with your kids? Or are you just going to watch um, it by yourself? Long to watch it by myself. Depends on when they're here, but the yes, if, if, I don't definitely watch it if you want to. Oh, maybe, maybe. Oh, oh, oh no. Um, uh, no, if you're if you're a kid who grew up in the '90s, man, Power Rangers was like the be all end all for us, and um, I like I'm so hyped for it. You know, it's funny you mentioned David Yost. Billy um, had a had hell like went through hell going to that show but he lasted the longest because he lasted for like six seasons you know what i'm saying right. um but we never got a chance to kind of say goodbye as um fans to um jason to trini or to zach because they they dipped in the middle of the second jason came back for like a second but you know they dipped because of the behind the scenes shit that's why we got rocky that's why we got aisha that's why we got um uh, Adam 
and Aisha and, uh, Aisha and Adam are on the Aisha is the other one is Karen and Adam are on the show. Right. Um, right. But so it, it's cool to get kind of a full circle thing. I also appreciate that they gave uh, a lot of love and respect to Trini uh, with her daughter being in the I don't know if it's a real daughter, but like uh, the daughter of the character Trini in the movie. Um, but man, it's just dope. It's supposed to be a little grittier, a little serious, more serious. They specifically use the word kill in the show, which they never did on TV because it was a teenager show, a preteen right. show. Um, but it's cathartic for these guys. And ironically, Kimberly, Amy Jo Johnson, and Jason David Frank, Tommy, chose not to do it. I don't know why. Nobody knows why. But I imagine for them and for all of us with Jason David Frank passing away this year, tragically, this will probably be a bit of a bit of catharsis for a lot of us Ranger fans. Cause my man put on for the team, bro. Like he he he. Jason David Frank lived in Houston, right? I know tons of people that know him personally that were friends of his. Always around the city, right? Always around the city. And every time you saw him, he was so happy to take a picture, to do the morphin' time pose, to do anything. Like he lived for being a ranger. He loved it. He truly loved it. And um, he was on so many of the other seasons and. So many cameos and all this, that, and the other. So there's a whole generation of people who grew up with him as like the quintessential superhero. And so, you know, getting a chance to say goodbye to him in a way with them not even being there. It's going to be dope. I love it. I'm happy. I'm glad that the original cast was able to kind of fix shit with Saban. Let's go. I'm all here for it. And yeah, Rita Repulsa coming back as a cyborg. Something. New body. New body, baby. Let's go. Dave, are you lined up to check out this Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie on Netflix? Uh, I'm going to channel PC Tunny. No, I'm not. All right, PC Tunny. Can we get a boo? Can we get a boo from the crowd, please? Can I get a boo? Oh, let's see. I, I can boo him, I guess. There we go. Just for Because Dave was in the demographic when this show hit. Like Dave absolutely was a guy who was like, sign me up for for this for this after uh, my incident. time, fellas. Ray, I'm really happy for you. If this makes if this makes your heart sing, then it, 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 it makes me feel good. I mean, but Dave, Dave not... was 75 years old at the time when the first That's Power right. Movie came That's out, right. right. I could barely even see the fuckers on TV. Now you want me to watch? <laughs> I mean, we this? had to let we Dave had to be given permission to leave the nursing home to do the show today. He has no cares. For the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. No fucks, Tony, no head, fucks given, Ray. Sorry. Zero fucks given. Tony, you a big fan of the Power Rangers? Wow. Oh, that man to too, bro. Again. Yeah. Come on. Oh, and Ray? I just did that one because I can. Because I can. Here's the thing. I think it's a nice bit of nostalgia. It might be a nice way to introduce some kids to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers franchise uh, or reintroduce some folks. Fans of the show when they were kids are going to love it and enjoy it. And I think my kid will enjoy it too. I understand why Ray and or why Dave and Tony may be less than interested. Uh, okay. We're done with the trailer park. It's time to start getting into the muck that was news around the Nerdosphere. And 
We'll start with the least bad, I guess. Maybe. I don't even know if it's really the least bad. The Dwayne Johnson one may be the least bad. But this past week, news broke that Marvel Studios had fired one of their most influential producers, Victoria Alonzo. And according to the report that I published from IGN, or that I shared from IGN, the report was that she was fired over her involvement in the Oscar-nominated drama Argentina 1985, which was distributed by Amazon Studios. She was a producer on the film, which allegedly breached her contact. Per the report, she was warned about the issue several times and it erupted during the week of the Oscars, which led to Marvel ultimately firing her. It marked a breach of a 2018 agreement, which prohibits employees from working for competing studios the report also says alonzo never got permission from Dis- you know permission or gave notice to disney that she was working on the project now of course alonzo on the other hand and her, through her attorney has argued that it had nothing to do with this project that they're using this as a prop up for the real reason she was fired which according to them was because victoria a gay latina who had the courage to criticize disney was silenced then she was terminated when she refused to do something she believed was reprehensible. Disney and Marvel made a really poor decision that will have serious consequences. There is a lot more to this story, and Victoria will be telling it shortly in one form or another. Now, I think it is important to note, and this was mentioned in Variety, Alonzo was previously in charge of Marvel's physical production, post-production, VFX, and animation, and was fired at the behest of Disney co-chair Alan Bergman. Kevin Feige was reportedly not involved in the decision. So, Marvel, Disney, gross. Our reaction to this, and let's speculate away. What 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 do we think this is about? When I see VFX, that that that's an immediate red light to me. That's just me reading in the article. Uh, the fact that they talk about her identity. Uh, it makes me a little nervous too. Talking about a gay Latina, like like, what is it, is there something there involved as well? I don't know, but this isn't a good look for Marvel. This is strike one in what is going to be a two strike day for 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 Marvel Studios. I think, mm-hmm. uh, Dave, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to you first and let you react to this firing and and kind of the two sides of the story. So she breached a contract five years ago. They allegedly knew about it. Didn't give so the her contract. The contract was agreed upon five years. Ago. Right. And it's she got the terms of their... this movie. Right. But she I mean, breached they... it when she did this movie. Now they had to have known. That's about what they're it. saying. They had to have known about it at least what one, two years ago. And, and well, they said they, they said they were warning her repeatedly. That's, that's their argument. We're going to warn you repeatedly. You're in breach of contract. And now we're going to fire you after the movie achieves critical success. Doesn't, doesn't Ooh. ring very true. To me, I mean, I, I, I have some concerns with the legitimacy of this as the reason why she's terminated the VXF stuff. Yeah, that's a, um, you know, that's a big issue because we, we've heard a lot of stuff about that bad working condition. She was in charge of that. Um, and then you've got on top of that, the whole issue of her sexual orientation and all this other stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. She's it, it, and I noticed Kevin Feige was not involved in the decision to terminate her. They specifically said that. So, you know, you're looking at the 
people most involved with the MCU as we know it, she's one of the top five, and now she's gone, and no one's really sure why. And everybody's pointing the finger at the other one saying, you did this, you did that, this is pretextual, this is not, this is this. You waived this breach of contract, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. I don't know, man. Something, something's not right here. Something obviously went wrong with the with this relationship. Um, and I, I imagine it'll it'll bear itself out in the courts. She's already lawyered up. They've already lawyered up. And you know this this one, unlike I know, like when ScarJo had her thing, we talked about how that one was going to that'll settle out of court. This one, I'm not so sure about. This one looks like it's got a little bit more animosity to it, and there's something else going on here that may need to have a trial. Tony, I don't know everything Dave just said, basically, like, I, I got to tell you, no, I mean, but it's really hard to follow that, you know, because there's really only one way of looking at it where there's smoke, there's usually fire. And we're probably going to use that cliche again down the road in this, in this episode, but there's, there's gotta be something, someone wanted their person in and, and it just doesn't, it doesn't look good right now. I, I don't know. Um, to probably just settle and not go to court and move on and pay this person off. And that's likely what's going to happen. But I think she's going to be able to find work elsewhere anyway. If, if that's the kind of way she's going to get treated, then why should she want to be there anyway? It's proven that she's talented and successful at what she does. So I hope she gets what, what she deserves. What do you think? I believe that it's highly advantageous and quite frankly, smart from a legal perspective to throw into the fact that she is a gay Latina on Victoria's side. That's very smart. I don't know if that's actually what happened. I don't know if she's actually being silenced or attacked or, or discriminated against because the article clearly says she's one of three major decision makers. And she's been with the, the company since 2006. So to be silenced now is very weird timing. Also, quite frankly, it's very weird timing that if she did sign this contract five years ago with Amazon and now they... They've been warning her and they just decided to reprimand her. It's weird. The story is very weird to me, though, because when I first read it, when I first heard about it, all we heard was the VFX president is gone. And that, much like Patrick alluded to, made sense because there's been a ton of problems in that department. There's a ton of unrest. There's a people are begging for unions. And there's, sometimes you got just just like uh, Chapik got fired, even though the company was still profitable. Sometimes you got to move on, right? It made it, right. that made sense to me. All this other stuff budding the waters, I don't know, man. But I just know that when a person is fired of, of of that level, and then they throw in the whole all the superlatives of I'm gay, Latino woman, all this stuff, I don't know if that was the problem. But it makes now it makes the people looking at it, the public perception, it makes everybody say, "Oh well, yeah." Marvel's gross. And they are, but I don't know if they are in this regard because we don't know what the situation really is. Right. It's it's really hard to tell. And and that's gonna be uh it kind of brings me back to and it's a different it's a different case and a different set of allegations and stuff, but the whole Ray Fisher story mm-hmm. when Ray Ray would Ray and his people would present their information and then warner brothers would counter it and then warner brothers would present whatever they were putting out there and then fisher's camp would counter it. and i think that's what we're going to see a lot of as this story develops the one thing that marvel and the uh marvel and disney can't really hide from in terms of the vx vfx department is that they were 
with their aggressive schedule and the way they got, I, I think for lack of a better way, it's kind of like a drunk with power thing where it was like, you're going to work under our timetable and you're going to sacrifice quality for our, for our product to put out product, or we're going to redistribute you to focus on different products and less so on this one and really put workers in a bad spot. And we're getting away with it because they were Marvel. And now here we are, and the pushback is starting to happen, and this woman loses her job because she, for whatever reason, like, and again, we'll probably learn more as this comes out. Like, the next bombshell interview or report from Variety or The Hollywood Reporter or whoever is coming with regards to this termination and this court case, because it will, like you said, Dave, it's going to be litigated like crazy. What do you guys think? Um, 50-50, she ends up working for Gunn and WB Discovery. I mean, they'd be they'd be dumb not to reach out to her. I think she goes to Amazon. I think Amazon is yeah. a hotter property right now. Yeah. I, I think, think Amazon is a hotter property. I think Gunn reaches out to her. I mean, you'd want one of those. It'd be, well, he'd be dumb not to. It'd be one of it, those. It also, it also depends on what she wants to do, though, right? right. Because she got right. in trouble with doing a documentary. But, like, who knows what type of film she wants to be attached to as a producer. No, but, I, don't, I don't know. But even then, look at the rise of, we all know Studio Ghibli is a big thing, but look at the rise of like studios like H24. Maybe the, yeah. maybe the, maybe the money, maybe the smart uh, play is going to a smaller studio and helping build it up. H24 won damn near every award in the Oscars this year. So, you know, right. it ain't just the big companies anymore that's up for grabs. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to see. And I think, like you said, this, this is, Everything we're talking about today, or at least two of the three things we're talking about today, is going to get worse before it gets better. And this one's going to, I think, be enough. Marvel's going to be taking a lot of black eyes soon. Um, and it's just, it's body blow after body blow. It's not going to be pretty. Okay. So we're going to take our uh, second commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple more just gross stories going on around the nerdosphere within DC and Marvel. Before we get to our recorded commercials, of course, though, it is my duty to remind you all that if you love what we do here on the ChairShot Radio Network and you love the content that we put out in your internet airwaves every single day, then the best way to support us is to head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and invest in us by purchasing a chair shot shirt. Shirts are only $19.99 and we have tons of different designs you can choose from. And if you love our designs and you think the price is reasonable, Consider spending a few dollars more and getting it soft style. It'll feel great on your giblets and your body will thank you. I love being a part of this company. I love being able to put out content. All of us here at the Chair Shot love putting out quality content to you each and every day of the week. And the best way, again, to keep us on your internet airways is to head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and get a chair shot shirt. When we come back, we will continue to wade deep into the muck that was the news around the nerdosphere. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's Angry Lemonade. All right, welcome everyone back to Bandwagon Nerds, where we are wading 
through the muck. Holy shit, guys. Sorry. As I, I flipped over to IO9, 14 minutes ago, the saga of Victoria Alonso's firing from Marvel Studios heats up. <laughs> oh my god. Oh wow. Um I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read this. We're gonna get into other bad news. No, read it. We've got well, a whole got, give me six, Read it. Give me, give me, settle down. Put your pants back Ooh. on. Calm down. Hold on. They're on. Friday. Later. They're on. Why? But they're on. Take them off. He takes his no. pants off okay. for like business-related Zoom calls. So, so this is a speculative argument, and I, I, or a speculative article. It looks like this is the. So, here's where things get spicy. Okay, yeah, I learned about that. There's more. Okay, what could possibly be so reprehensible? Well, it is of note that Alonzo was very outspoken when then CEO of Disney Bob Chapek didn't respond strongly enough to Florida's "Don't Say Gay" bill. It's unclear if there is any correlation related, but Glazer mentioned it, and it illustrates that Alonzo was not afraid to speak out against her bosses. Disney fired back, said it's unfortunate that Victoria is sharing a narrative that leaves out several key factors concerning her departure, including an indisputable breach of contract and a direct violation of company policy. So what's next? Oh, okay. What's next? What happened in what forum could Alonzo speak out in? Well. Later this year, she has a memoir coming out called Possibility is Your Superpower, which will tell her story of growing up in Argentina and all the way to being one of the foremost architects of one of the largest brands in Hollywood. That could be one. Or maybe this thing hits the courts and comes out there. Whatever happens. So it's just a, a little bit of speculation that maybe it was about Bob Chapik's shitty response to the Florida Don't Say Gay Bill. Uh, which is possible. Again, why do you bring up the fact that Alonzo is, is a gay Latina woman uh, as part of your as part of your sort of public statement regarding her termination? Uh, I don't know. It's very interesting. Did I, did I read that wrong? They didn't bring up she was a gay Latina woman. Did, Disney her did lawyers it. absolutely did. The lawyers did. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's that. what okay. I'm saying. Yeah. Yes, sir. Sorry. I apologize. Yes. So, so that's that's the the 14 minutes ago from when we did a commercial break and we're during our recording here on Sunday of, of some piece of speculation. I don't know if you guys want to do anything with that or if you want to just make fun of Dwayne Johnson for for 20 minutes, but I'll I'll leave it up to you all. Is any any responses to that little piece of news? Dave's getting his microphone ready. Let's go with the latter. Let's make fun of Dwayne for 20 minutes. All right, you want to make fun of Dwayne for 20 minutes? Ray, you want to respond? Just want to say, like I told you, advantageous. You got a book coming out. All of a sudden, advantageous. Right. All right. Let's get to this. So this next, Tony's writing on his wrist. You, you okay there, Tony? Oh, he's he's following the rock because that's what the rock does. That's why it's on his wrist, right? Am I, gotcha. there? Okay. Let's get to. Okay, let's get to this story, which I first want to say, if you have been listening to Bandwagon Nerds, we actually covered this rumor long before this story broke because this is not new news but this week it broke from the rap that dwayne johnson kneecapped black adam and shazam 2 while trying to take over the dc universe this was all it really started when zachary Le like this article came out then zachary levy on his instagram post of 
you know, trash human that Zachary Levy is, uh, saying something along the lines of the, the truth will set you free because that's totally the context that you should be using those statements, um, in, you know, <laughs> referencing whatever, <laughs> like that notwithstanding. But basically the story here is that, uh, Dwayne Johnson, uh, refused to include Zachary Levy's Shazam character in a post credit scene in Black Adam 2, uh, in which the Justice Society of America was going to be going to Shazam to try and recruit him to be a member of the team to help control Black Adam. And the narrative goes that Johnson felt that Shazam was not the character that it should be uh, confronting Black Adam, that it should really be Henry Cavill's Superman. He really lobbied and fought for that and got a post-credit appearance from Henry Cavill as Superman with Amanda Waller. And, and like, and that, that he was hoping to try and take the DC franchise centered on a Black Adam versus Superman-centric story. We talked about all of that months ago. Now it's big again because of this story from The Wrap. I guess let's start with knowing what we know about Dwayne Johnson whether it be from his world in professional wrestling, which if you're listening to the chair shot, you know, sports entertainment, sports entertainment, we, we definitely have talked about Dwayne at different times, uh, whether we call him the rock or not. Uh, he's in Hollywood. So we're calling him Dwayne for the purposes of this show. I mean, this is the dude who has notoriously not gotten along with Vin Diesel in the fast and furious that has a cot, you know, has a clause in his contract that people joke about as calling it the rock clause where he can't lose in a fist fight. Uh, and that that became such a thing that Jason Statham and Vin Diesel, all three of them have can't lose in a, in a fight in their, in their Hollywood contracts. Uh, it's, it's a guy who is famous and known for controlling and cultivating the work that he's a part of, whether it be in wrestling or film and entertainment. So when this news story broke months ago, I wasn't surprised about it. Do you think it, the assertion from some folks is fair that Dwayne's decision torpedoed the performance of a Shazam 2? Ray, you're nodding yes. I, I can't wait to disagree with you, but go ahead. Well, first and foremost, I'm glad you brought up uh, the Vin Diesel thing. Because I think hindsight is twenty twenty, as it always is. And I think now we see who was probably on the wrong of that uh, back and forth, you know. Um, but the only reason I say that is I know that you're already of the belief or or of the stance that this move, nobody was really checking for this movie anyway. The Shazam Fear of the Gods and it Whatever it was going to do, it wasn't going to do. It wasn't going to be big anyway. And Zachary Levi being the complete dumbass even lowered that, right? But we have to think about this not in terms of 2023 and of terms of today, but in terms of the planning of this movie, right? Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam was genuinely something that was look, was look people were looking forward to. The movie, notwithstanding, because the movie was mediocre at best. But the the casting of him was a big was such a big deal because he got casted before they even cast Zach Levy as Shazam. So the casting of him made people really excited for the possibility of villains in the DC EU, EU whatever you want to call it, right? So building to Shazam, the knowing who Shazam is and as us as comic book fans, and knowing that 
we're probably going to build to at the end of Justice League, either version, they get the Hall of Justice and Batman says, big table, seven chairs or six or six chairs. And Diana says, with room to grow. Most people are imagining your Shazam's going to be in there because he's the only other movie we've done with the hero that's not in the Justice League that is a Justice League member. Which makes you think Black Adam will be one of the big bads since they already vanquished Steppenwolf. Boom. Big fast, right? The only way that would have made sense canonically is if he came after Shazam for having the same powers. And because he tried to skip the line to to and the irony is he truly is the reason Henry Cavill got brought back. Henry's op- said it, Henry's opined about it, Rock's opined about it. He's the reason Henry Cavill came back for that um cameo because he was done with Warner Brothers. So much so that right after the right after he did it, James Gunn was like, Yeah, bro, you're not coming back. So like that was all the strong arm of Rock, which again, perception led people to be disappointed thinking, well, damn, they brought Henry Cavill back. Well, no, Rock did. That wasn't a Warner Brothers decision. So I just think his ego and his need, and his, his need to be the guy and protected in every single scenario of his career has torpedoed what could be, what could have been a strong start to the second half of what they were doing post-Justice League, post-Zack Snyder in many ways. Now, it's not the only reason Warner Brothers Discovery being some dumbasses in their own right and a terrible, carefully run organization is number one. But you can't tell me that a guy with the goodwill that The Rock has among the fans or has had. Right. And his his, the gravitas he could have gave to this movie and to this character leading to that role that he wanted. Black Adam versus Black Adam versus the, the Justice League. All that could have happened had he played ball, but he wanted to cut the line. And now, I'll look at all the nonsense that's, that's, happened, that's happened since. And I, I, I just think he was part of the catalyst of all, this that, of all this that's happened. He hurt more than he helped. I, I do agree that in, 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 from a narrative sense, he, he ruined what, what could have been. Uh, and, I, and I do think that there is probably something to the idea that it hurt Shazam 2 at the box office. Do I think it hurt it to the extent that people are representing it to be, though? That I, that I disagree with. That's fair. And, That's fair. And I've talked about this with Dave a couple of times. The, I, I think there's a bigger problem, and you, you hit on it. The Warner Brothers DC management and that that era of those films has such a bad taste to it with fans at this point that there it, there's a sense of just kind of being done with it and and this question of what gun and company can do next and even the black adam like the black adam film performed poorly in its own right now by performed poorly it's by a uh, Dwayne Johnson standard of like it should like he felt it should have made a billion dollars and made three hundred million dollars. Yeah. Uh, Black Adam or you know Shazam too. I just think I think there's just too much going against it that that was gonna hurt it regardless 
uh, you know, maybe with Shazam showing up in Black Adam, it boosts it to breaking a hundred million in its first weekend instead of landing at sixty, which just you know, by by standard of a superhero film, is is abysmal. That tells me there was a lot more to it that that was going against it than Dwayne Johnson having mixed him showing up in the Black Adam film. Uh, Dave, you actually saw Shazam too. You you enjoyed it. I did. Um, <laughs> saw. But it. your thoughts on this thoughts on this report? And did Shazam two even have a chance? I guess is the question. Like, did it have a shot even pre pandemic? Pre-pandemic, like yeah, maybe, yeah, I think pre. Well, I there's a lot of there's a lot of Justice things, League failures. Well, I think there's a lot of things going on. I think you know Black Adam bombing, relatively speaking, as badly as it did, um, caught a lot of people by surprise. I think you know there was a risk that it wouldn't do as well as a lot of people were hoping, um, but the fact that it did that poorly really set people back. A, a Dwayne Johnson movie with a Henry Cavill cameo at the end. Um, really set some people back and that's one aspect of it should should shazam and black adam have been in a movie together absolutely it makes a lot of sense but like like you guys are saying how are you going to do that if Dwayne's not going to have shazam beat him and historically shazam beats black adam sometimes with a lot of help but you know going forward people like me are not going to accept black Adam beating Superman. I, I don't give a shit who's involved or the circumstances. I'm not going to accept that. So where does that leave you? And, and it's just, it's that it's this comments Zachary Le- Le- Levi made that turned a lot of people off. Rightfully. So it's a lack of trust in anything related to the DC universe leading up to now. And the general feeling that what difference is Shazam two going to make. And in the grand scheme, I think Shazam two is a, is a good movie. And like I told you earlier this morning, Pat, you know, the critics have it at a 51. The audience has it at an 87. I'd put it right in the middle of those two. It's a good movie. There's problems. Sure. But like, I don't know when you guys are going to see it, but one of the post credit scenes of Shazam 2 directly ties into this whole notion of Shazam and the Justice Society because he gets recruited by two of the people from Get This Tony. Peacemaker goes to see him to recruit him. To the Justice Society. And they even he even pokes fun at the Avengers. He's like, Justice Society, isn't that derivative of Justice League? Couldn't we call it like Avengers Society? I kind of like that. So there's some <laughs> funny stuff going on that they're doing at the end of this, which kind of makes you think, well, maybe they had a plan for Shazam moving forward that maybe they're not completely done with. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't think the movie really had a chance with everything going against it because everybody right now is looking at the Flash as the reset. And I think this this one just felt so out of place. Like, why do I care about what happens in this movie? It's Shazam. There's no chance of a Black Adam crossover. There's nothing going on. The Wonder Woman cameo was really cool. That came out of nowhere and was very surprising. Um, but again, yeah, Gal Gadot. It's like, what's she doing in this movie? We know she's not going. That's not going anywhere. So there's a lot of it. it just it's it's so steeped in the old regime that. Yeah, Dwayne's decision did it did it cut the nuts off of it? Maybe one of the nuts, but not both of them. Other stuff did that. It's, can I ask another question uh, about Shazam and its failures, real quick, uh, to to you all? And this isn't really a Shazam failure, as it is, in my opinion, a marketing failure. Do you show Gal Gadot in the trailer the way they did, or do you let it 
be a surprise that generates buzz to try and get people on the other end. Surprise. Which, Gotta be a surprise. She, was, which, she was a surprise. The way the movie played out, it was a surprise to see her. No, it was but, on the, but, she was in the no, she, They show her in trailers. Like the week leading up to the release, like they show her walking away from him when he hits on her. Right. Um, right. And, and so I, I was a little critical of that decision because that's, you know, think about this, Dave. We don't know that she's in this, this movie. You go see it. The three of us aren't interested. Like, I'm not saying it's going to drive me to go, but holy shit, there's a huge cameo. You talking about a post credit scene that, you know, you spoiled, by the way. Um, spoiler so free, baby. We're not, we're not, a, we're not a spoiler free show and that's fine. And we've all talked about our struggle, our intentions or lack thereof. I had a strong just, feeling you really, guys weren't going to run out and watch it. That's <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a really, and this, these are, this is why when, when I see folks associated with the movie blaming Dwayne Johnson on its failures, and not pointing the finger at its own damn studio for taking away things that could give it some buzz, that could give it some attention. Yeah, Dwayne Johnson did not help. He's um, a factor. And, He's not the factor. So, and, I, and I want Tony to. I want. I want to ask this question to Tony first because he's, he's largely been quiet as we kind of talked about this. Does this impact Dwayne Johnson's film career moving forward? Does this story do <clears throat> anything to his film career? Uh, maybe inside. I don't even know what he's got next coming. Maybe inside of the comic book movie universe, but not outside of it. Like he got there for a reason. Um, it's tough. It's tough. Anytime you want to put a lot of stock in something that's not Superman and Batman, and then you turn around and they look at going, okay, we're beholden to Rock and Cavill now, you know, and and they didn't want to do that. So, but at the same time, guys, this entire conversation, you know, in, in the words of Freddie Mercury and Queen, um, none of this really matters. Anyone can see. None of this really matters, especially to me. Because we got Gun and Saffron now, so who gives a shit? None of it fucking matters. We're going to get Flashpoint, and then we're going to move on, right, to something that's Superman-centric. And that's what it has to be about, either Batman and Superman. And that's why, who gives a shit about Black Adam? You're still beholden to Superman and Batman all the time. And that's DC's handicap as much as it's their aces in the hole. So looking at, so I just jumped on his IMDb page. Just to see. So he's, according to this, as an actor, he has seven upcoming projects. Um, Red One, which is in post-production. Uh an untitled Red Notice sequel. That was the uh, series, uh, the show, uh, the movie on Netflix with him and Ryan Reynolds. That's filming now, actually. I think. Yeah, big. It's in, it's yeah. It's listed as in production. So, Big Trouble in Little China remake, listed as in production. As long and as then, Kurt Russell's appearance. Thank and you, then Tony. the following films. The following films are in development. So, The King, uh, where he is playing King Kamehameha. Uh, San Andreas Two. Jungle Cruise 2, so the Disney the Disney train are running. And then, now this one's interesting. Uh, Doc Savage. San Andreas 2, how many 10.5 earthquakes can California really take? Fuck. I'm embarrassed that none of these nerds were like, he's doing a Doc Savage film. Well, you saw me look. I'm, I, I don't know what that is. This is one of the original superheroes ever. Uh, Doc Savage, the man of bronze was raised from childhood by a team of child uh, team of scientists to become the original superhero. Who's going to ruin a, that too, huh? Sounds like it. A man of great mental and physical strength 
he went around the world battling larger-than-life villains. Directed by Shane Black. So, you know, some so, some some good names attached to it. So it sounds like his career is going to be just fine. I mean, you didn't even mention he owns the XFL. Uh, he has a successful yeah. sit- sitcom on NBC. Well, because I was asking about his Hollywood an, or not, his television a, or XFL career, you know. Well, I mean, this is in addition to everything he's doing, plus an open invitation to WrestleMania 40 anytime he wants. Like, he's got options. He'll be fine. His his, his Hollywood career is not going to be, be ruined because he has a production studio that makes their own movies. Fair. Seven Bucks makes their own movies. So Will you know, he still be the biggest action star in the world, though? Well, that's a good. That's a good question. I, I don't know. I think one of the, the one thing The Rock never understood from wrestling that he should have understood, but he didn't is sometimes you need to let him miss you, bro. And Rock does never. Rock never lets you miss him. He's in everything, all the time, everywhere, all the time, and everything. Like if he didn't do a movie for two years, the next movie he did would make hundred million. Would make hundred million dollars easy. Or a, maybe a billion, depending on how what the movie is, right? Because people like the dude, they want to watch the dude. But if you see him in every movie playing the same character, The Rock as a DEA agent, The Rock as a superhero, The Rock as a, a, a guy that drives fast cars, like he's himself. If like if you actually take a second and chill, and like really think about this and do something else, I know the money's coming in hot and heavy. You ain't going to be able to do it for the next 20. I feel you. I feel you, bro. I get it. I'm like, dog, chill, man. Like, you a CEO now, bro. Like, you and Danny, go sit back and make this money, dog. Like, No, but you bring up the wrestling mentality. Is You 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 squeeze that fucking uh, vine until all the juice is fucking rendered from it. He you wrestled keep going. for six years. But still, he's grown up in that family what? where when the money's coming in, you take the money. You keep getting the money as long and fast as you can. I, That's look, the wrestling mentality. I agree with you, but the thing that he didn't have then that he has now is he is the CEO of the company. You don't have to act to make the money no more because you get all the residuals. Well, so even like more you can so hire somebody to play you. To do what he wants. And, you don't want to hire anybody else. Well, clearly he doesn't. But I'm saying it's it's that may hurt him more than anything. He's got Roman making all that money for him now. He doesn't need any of this shit. Boy, if Roman signed, if Roman is signed to seven bucks. I'm I'm leaving the table. Damn it. I think Jay Jay Upso <laughs> could actually be a good actor. That's who could be a good actor. Yeah. They all can. Yeah, straight up. And, and we know well, how much Patrick we'll loves talking out. wrestling on bandwagon nerds. I think when you're talking about wrestlers making a transition to acting in Hollywood, I don't really have a problem at all. I've long argued that Roman Reigns should be Craven the Hunter. I've long I see no. I you see a lot of acting potential out of Jey Uso um, in the work that he's doing right now. He's doing a great job. Um, but what we are going to do is we're going to we're going to put a we're going to put a pin in this one. See see what happens next because we do have to talk about what I can only describe as devastating news for the person, um, you know, and, and not in a good way. Devastating news for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As news broke yesterday that Jonathan Majors, the man who has been cast to portray Kang the Conqueror and a linchpin figure in the Marvel Cinematic Universe moving forward, was arrested for assault. And in 
the time since that news is broken, we've now started to see other reports of a prior history of abusive behavior coming in. Now, of course, this is, these are all allegations. Of course, we will throw the word allegedly in front of this, just like we did when we talk about Ezra Miller. But this is, this is day two, guys. And I, it's, we talked about things getting worse before it's going to get better. This is, this has the potential to get ugly. This has the potential. I question how much longer Jonathan Majors will be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. Two days in. Because, I mean, you look at how quick they were to, to drop Gina Carano, like in Disney. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll, stop, I'll stop there and just kind of let's, let's just start with reactions to, to this news. And we'll, we'll start um, this time. We'll start with uh, Dave. Dave, you go first. Yeah, I mean, it's not just an assault strangulation. I mean, it's, it's as aggravated an assault as you can get. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's deeply concerning. And I think like, like you're saying, Pat, you know, we look at Disney doesn't have a, they don't give you a long leash as far as, you know, before they pull the plug on you and, and they're caught. I mean, Gina Carano is one thing because Cara Dune, eh, we don't need this uh, series in the star Wars universe. Cause like Tony says, it's all star Wars, but only when we want it to be that sort of thing. But Kang the Conqueror, yeah, how do you recast him at this point? You know, I, that's that's a big problem when he's appeared and you're making him out to be the big bad. And, you know, I Jesus, prior issues with the guy. I, I don't know. I don't know what you got. You look at the guy's physique and the body and you got to start questioning. Is there steroids involved? You know, is, is that something that's been going on when you look at how <laughs> that physique is? But yeah, I think this is this is a a huge problem because you can't have he he's not this is their Ezra Miller. I mean that that's I'm looking at this and you look at all the problems that Ezra had and and now Jonathan Majors even a more high profile guy moving forward. I I don't know how they how they get away from this. I I don't know how you just want you know how you how you don't address the elephant in the room and it's just going to get worse over the next week. As far as more allegations, more revelations about this guy, you know, I'll turn it over to you, Ray, um, to see what you think. But yeah, I don't know how oh. you. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's 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 like, you know, and it's not like if something had happened with with Brolin, you know, in the in the first thing, you know, well, Thanos is a digital character. We can probably mess with his voice, and it wouldn't have been the end of the world. But here, yeah. when you've got it's all his face, it's, it's all him. his face. It's not CGI. Yeah. It, it's it's him. And he is going to be the big bad, or at least one of the big bads going forward. I mean, Kang Dynasty, what happens to all that now? I, he's I, already there, played the role in two, in two platforms. And, and he's, he's, in, he's coming up in Loki stuff. season two. We already know that's done. So what do you do about that? It's, it's a disaster for Marvel right now. Well, well, I have a lot on this, and I don't want to take too much time. So please stop me if you need to. First, I want to say I don't want to put this in the realm of Ezra Miller yet because Ezra had a numerous left number of incidents to the point where, like, there was the words sociopathic being involved with him, right? So, Jesus Christ, it just gets even worse. Yeah. Now she's it gets even we'll, get to that in a sec. 
continue your thought, Ray, and then we'll get back to that. Is yeah. put it back, Tony. We see it. I don't. We'll I don't. About a sec. I don't want to compare this to Ezra because, like Ezra, if you look at their history, Ezra had so many different things and so many different realms that this is. I know Patrick said it, and we have to remember this. Allegations. All we know is there was arrest made. Now, forgive, I don't want to get on my. Uh, forgive me for being on my high horse for a second, but I know we're supposed to believe all believe all victims. I believe that in my soul. All victims should be believed, but I also believe in due process. I myself have been in a situation where a woman has tried to claim that I hit her, and I did it. And at that point, what can you do? You are stuck. And if you want to go even deeper, we already know how the law and how perception treats a black man in these scenarios. And the fact that he was the hottest dude on this earth right now, right? I'm not trying to say that he's there's some conspiracy or he's been touched. We don't know the story, right? All I know is he's arrested. And to put himself in a situation, right? To even put himself in a situation, I'm disappointed in him. Because you know where you are. Every interview you've done, I watch, I, when I'm bored, I watch this dude's interviews, bro. And I've watched, you walk around with the same cup and you bring the same speaker and you're so down on Dallas. And you have all the memorables and you cried on Tamron Hall when your old high school drama teacher came on and you show that you're supposed to be this down home dude who was raised right. You talk to your mama every day on the phone. Like, you should know better than to put yourself in a situation, let alone if you did it or not, right? So I'm just so disappointed in that. But I also know that there are situations that when a person of that level of, of celebrity, and I'm sure at this point now of money, sometimes there could be a situation where he gets put in where there could have been an altercation. There could have been a fight. I was talking to my friend, another friend earlier today, and, you know, like, I think of, and I apologize for doing this, Patrick, but I think of, like, the say the Ray Rice situation, which he was dead fucking wrong for. But if you look at the whole situation, his his wife was beating the hell out of him for three minutes, right? And I'm not saying he Hebner was right. So, God, I, no. But I'm just saying... We don't know the situation. Right. And I want to make sure we're going to talk about things. We're going to talk about these allegations. We're going to talk about what a company has to do. It is not our place to figure out yes. this mess. Like, it's yes. not. Now, Tony was showing an article that popped on Yahoo. I tried to search it in Google and got a Daily Beast article um, that has some similar stuff. Uh, but a statement from Jonathan Major's attorney, this looks like it was released about an hour ago from uh, his attorney, Priya Chandri, said in a statement that we are quickly gathering and presenting evidence to the district attorney with the expectation that all charges will be dropped imminently. This evidence includes video footage from the vehicle where this episode took place, witness testimony from the driver and others who both saw and heard the episode, and most importantly, Two written statements from the woman recanting these allegations. All the evidence proves that Mr. Majors is entirely innocent and did not assault her whatsoever. Um, so, again, this is happening very, very quickly as we work on this. 
as we talk about this at 3.30 on Sunday afternoon, and four is absolutely going to be is going to be forthcoming. Like there's just, there's no way around it. Um, what, what concerns me is not just this incident itself. It's the stuff that is coming fast and furious from other folks who talk about this as not some isolated piece of behavior. Sure. Uh, and, and that, you know, and right now it's people on Twitter being like, I knew it. We saw this coming. This person has been abused. I mean, people in the business too. It's not like it's just random, like it's like directors or producers or folks that have known Jonathan Majors over the years as an actor. So Tony, what are your thoughts uh, as, as we kind of look at this um, going forward? What do you, what are your reaction? Uh, what's your reactions? To this? I mean, it's hard to really, you know, give uh, an opinion on what you think is going to happen or what actually has happened, you know, just proven the fact that we're sitting here having this conversation. I'm like, well, shit, I'm going to go on Twitter and fucking search Jonathan majors and the latest thing that comes up. And now we got a whole nother case from the other side. That's saying it's exactly the opposite. Cause we might've sat here and had the conversation about how, how it's all over. Well, if, if it's the opposite here, then, then it's completely different. But that is the biggest question about this whole thing is he is so major in something that has a storyline it's almost wrestling-esque if you think about all the controversy that sounds surrounds their talent as well. It's just, it made me immediately think of Ezra Miller, and now you got the recampment and possible video proof that nothing happened. But then again, you have people coming out and saying, well, this guy has been a bad guy for a long time. So I don't know if I'm really ready to give my opinion one way or the other yet. Yeah, and I think we're going to see more about it. Um, how much time does Disney give this before? And I understand they're they're stuck right now with what they've already put in production. But that's the next step, is that the next thing that's going to come. And here's the other thing that's unfortunate about this, no matter what comes out of this. This news cycle has existed for 24 hours. People have already decided from now and forever who they think Jonathan Majors is, yeah, fairly or unfairly. Like, and it's the same, again, same thing with Ezra Miller. Like, I, I watched this win in real time on Twitter during the Oscars because I made a comment about Ezra Miller and my feelings about, you know, whether or not that person should be really a part of the DC you going forward and his, his staunch defenders uh, who don't understand that I never reply to anybody on Twitter, like, ever when I put something out there because it's, it's worthless it's a worthless exercise. It's true. He but doesn't like, even reply to us, over. does he, guys? I don't. I don't. I hate you guys. Um, I tolerate you all. Um, but no matter what happens with this, there will forever be a stain on Jonathan Majors, whether it comes out that he really was the person that that we're, we're hearing about in this arrest report, or if he's exonerated. He could be completely exonerated. Um, but it's it's yeah. going to fall. It's going to fall forever. It brings into question if, if this has been a thing though, inside of working for studios on different projects, then what's wrong with the casting directors continuing to put someone, especially on that high level where this is a linchpin to your entire series. This isn't just one movie. This is an entire phase of a gigantic billion dollar project overall. If you think about it. So here's, and and the follow the fallout's already happened. Jonathan Majors U.S. Army ads have been pulled. Yeah. So there, there you know, step one. 
Um, the point that was made by a lot of the people that um, put this information are, um, you know, kind of doing the whole like, this isn't new, like, we've known this. And the, immediately the question always comes, well, like, why didn't you say something before? And the reply from the person who's posting is because you're, it's, they didn't want to out someone else. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the thing is that they, they were not talking about their own victim, you know, being a victim. They were referring to others. And as part of that, they felt it was not their place. And it's not to discuss somebody else's trauma. So. Well, you there, asked the question. That. You asked the question. How long does Disney wait? I think they. Well, yeah, but I, I, they have time. They have the, the, the ability, the beauty of time on their hands because I don't think companies usually need to make a, a, an announcement until a charge has been laid. There has, this has only been arrested. There, we have, we have right. not been, nothing has been announced from the, from whatever PD that did this of, of, of anything, right? But I, but I, I look at Michael Irvin and what happened to him Super Bowl weekend, how he almost lost his job for something that if you believe what the video has shown didn't happen. You have to be careful about making decisions like this that affect something on this higher level. Sometimes it's better just to stay quiet and deal with the fallout of staying quiet than to say something and then have to recant or deal with the fallout of what you said. I think the smartest play for them is just to stay quiet, play this out, takes a couple weeks, whatever you got to do, figure out where you're going right here, and then you can make a full-on decision. Because when you make your announcement, people are going to expect whatever things to happen to start moving. You got, you got a little time. Right. The PR department is smart enough to where you come out Monday morning because everybody's waiting for you to say something, and you go, we're currently gathering information and going to make an informed decision. We wouldn't want to do it business any other way. And then you wait till Friday, late afternoon. And whatever your decision is, you throw it out there and it all goes away in the wash with the weekend and come back Monday morning again. It feels like it was a month ago and not just 48 to, to you know, 60 hours. Ago. Well, Tony, if they release it on Friday afternoon, then we're going to cover it here for everybody's Monday on Bandwagon Nerds. And as a linchpin of the Chairshot Radio Network, we know that our 20s of 20s of followers are going to listen. 27 followers. Scores upon scores of followers. We we will lay our footprint down. I and I, here's the, I will say this: expect to talk about this next week, guys. Like yeah. you know, this is coming up again next week. I think it's going to play out for a couple of weeks. I, I do think they're going to. He's such an integral part of what they got going forward. Disney's going to be smart. They're gonna they're gonna let this play out a little bit. They're not gonna. This is Disney doesn't. I mean, well, Gina Carano even that played out for a couple of weeks, but I don't see. Go ahead, Tony. No, no. Well, here's the big question, right? We we don't know one way or the other here because obviously while we're doing this, we're getting, uh, you know, information from his lawyer at the same time we're, we're trying to break, you know, to comment on this story. But the real question is, we're, we're not, I'm not saying that it's true or it's not true, but what if, let's play the what if game, because the biggest question is, what do you do if he needs to be not no longer in the Marvel MCU? Do you stick with the storyline and recast the part, or do you go recast completely? Do you do you do something? You just ignore Ant Man and and four and and what do you do? I mean, so what's cheaper? What's smarter? You know, to that what? question. To that question, we got 
10 movies that William Hurt was in as Thunderbolt Ross, and now we're going to have uh, yeah, he, Harrison Ford. But to he do died. I mean, so they had I to mean, recast but, him. But, but they're still a recasting. No, guys, they, they're going to they kill that character. You don't understand. They're going to solve it Simpsons style. Poochie had to go back to his home planet. You know who Spaceship I want to hear from on this whole thing? Ray, Ray, you no. would know. Michael B. Oh. Jordan. I want to hear what Michael B. Jordan had, because aren't they tight? Him and Jonathan Majors are real tight. I mean, if there's something going on behind the scenes in a history of issues with him, he's the guy who I would think is going to come That's, out and hold, say hold something. Your, hold your breath and see when that happens. That yeah, and, and that wouldn't be a fair position to put him in because... Yeah, it, it, does, it, it right. does him absolutely no good, personally and professionally, to touch anything P, with that. If, 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 well, if PC got in some shit today, DP's not going to... They asked DP about him, then they... DP would rush. Oh, to, he would, yeah. Big he's, time. He's, big he's, time. He's, let he's me just. Let me tell you the reason why he's most likely guilty, and he'll have a fucking PowerPoint. There, <laughs> son of a bitch. All right. So there's, there's definitely this story isn't going away. Is this is our, this is our new Ray Fisher story, guys. Like that's what I think is going to happen here. Uh, we're gonna. We're, this is gonna. We are 48 hours. We're not even 48 hours into this cycle. We're less than 24 hours into this cycle by the time we get to next week so much will have happened i'm sure of it and we will have to cover it again we will be here to cover it on bandwagon nerds because this show never misses a day even though you know dave might miss a day we'll still be here yeah i'm the biggest offender of missing days on this the history of this you are you're inexcusable um i have the longest active streak do you really oh god yeah i'm gonna start calling you undertaker (laughs) <laughs> or jade cargill well, i'll call you jade cargill instead there you go wrestling podcast all yeah, right sarah we have, tattooed right here we have clearly hit the end of this show we have clearly hit the end of the show it is time to do a quick cycle around the uh around the bandwagon what are you doing what do you want the gestures we got like 15 minutes to talk about robotic vaginas <laughs> and we're not going to do that what we are going to do is we're going to tell everybody where to find us on the chair shot radio network and on the socials and since I need you to stop talking first, Tony, tell everybody where to find you and hear you on the Chairshot Radio Network first. Just go ahead and continue to listen to everything on the Chairshot Radio Network on all your favorite streaming platforms. Thank you very much, Reverend Ray Cash. Um, at R-E-Y's Mysterio C-A-S-H as in dollars. I do a bunch of stuff on here. And shout out to Triple Grid Trivia. Listen to that. Really fun show. You'll enjoy it. In fact, Dave and Patrick waiting on you to go on the show. We already have your Questions ready. I think they might be waiting for a while on that, Pat. But anyway, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G, Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And as always, send your hate tweets to at It's Me DPP. And you can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Also, remember to follow the show at Bandwagon Nerds. We are there on the Twitter as well. Uh, you can catch me on the Chair Shot Radio Network every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Monday with these guys talking nerdy stuff. Tuesdays talking hockey and musical chairs with David Ungar. And Wednesday talking wrestling with one Greg DeMarco on the Greg DeMarco Show. That is going to do it this week. What, you all right there? Right there? Okay. This is my outro. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Bandwagon Nerds. Now get yourself out of the basement, get some sun, and look for some good news. Catch Dungeons & Dragons this weekend. Watch WrestleMania on the Peacock. Check out all the good things there are to check out out there. We know there's a lot of bad, and it can be tough. 
but there's good things too. All right, you've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.